Hello, everybody, and welcome to Salah's Corner with the one and only Salah Muhammad. Let's take a trip back to the summer of 2005. It was a major growth period for me. My son Nasir wasn't even a year yet. At the time, he lived with his mother in New Jersey, while I lived and worked in Philadelphia. At the time, I worked two jobs, Monday through Fridays working at UPS, Saturdays and Sundays working at the dining hall in the University of Penn. Occasionally, I'd take a Saturday off, travel by train, and spend the entire day with my son. The train took roughly two hours, so I did my best to analyze the schedules to ensure I made the very last train to get back home. I hoped to maximize every minute possible with my son. Every Saturday, when it was time to leave, I felt a deep pain in my chest, knowing it would be another few weeks before I had the chance to see him again. One particular Saturday, my timing was off, and I missed the final train back to the city just after 11 p.m. With only enough money to catch the next train, I spent the night on a bench in the train station. That night I cried. Not because I missed my train, not because my back pain made laying on the train station bench unbearable, not because I lived check to check and could only afford a train ticket back with no food. I cried because if I'd known I was going to miss my train, I would have spent more time with my son. This week there have been countless horrific images of children being separated from their parents as they tried to migrate to America. We've seen videos with the sounds of crying toddlers and now the latest news of prisons established for babies forcibly taken from their mothers and fathers. Prisons for babies. Unbeknownst to the parents if or when they would ever see their child again. While my story doesn't come close to what these parents endure for days, weeks, and months at a time, there is a special unity and fear present as a fellow parent. However, there is no requirement to be a parent to understand the humanitarian crisis created by this government. This government-sanctioned child abuse is a story anyone with a heart knows to be wrong and unjust. As we watch the horrors unfold, there is a common phrase being repeated over and over. This isn't the America I know, or these types of things just don't happen in my country. The sad reality is, this is exactly what America has always been. America has long been a country that turns a blind eye to the struggles of minorities and those less fortunate. As a society, we turn a page of history as if what's done is done. Whether it be indigenous people who had their land taken, slaves sold and deemed as property, America moves on from its problems because they don't impact those in the majority. Later, it was Japanese citizens forced into internment camps and Jim Crow laws forcing segregation. Once the policies ended, those in the majority just moved on. We looked at each one of these moments in history as separate and impacting different people. Yet there's a common thread among all those and other injustices. We are all people. One of the biggest reasons we struggle as a nation and as people of this earth is we treat these social, economical, and racial injustices as individual cases. We all connected to children being taken away from parents. As a result, change happened swiftly. However, we disconnect with issues that may not plague our immediate community. This problem presents itself when we fail to show others how our community problems impacts our nation and the rest of the world. In a perfect world, anyone should be able to understand that women deserve equal pay or that there should be equal representation within leadership structures everywhere. Since that's not the case, we have a duty to find ways of connecting our pain to others. Look at what's happened with the protesters in Palestine being attacked by Israeli militia. Is it not a parallel to what took place a few years ago in Ferguson and in Baltimore? Or does it compare to the Dakota Access Pipeline fight, indigenous people being sprayed as they tried to save their land from oil drilling? There's a common theme among those who are victims of injustices. And injustice anywhere 
is an injustice everywhere. This mantra is repeated by people who have regularly struggled for equality, equity, and social justice. Yet others who remain unaffected by these commonalities can't relate to these problems. To put it frankly, white people can't re always relate to black people being targeted by police. Black men don't always see the problem with unequal pay for women. White men can't always relate to systems of racism established since the birth of this nation. Christians don't know what it's like for Muslims to be stereotyped as dangerous or radical. The result is when people can't relate, they tune out, leaving those suffering hoping for someone to understand their plight. Those hopes turn to screams and yelling into the faces of the unaffected, causing both sides to become angered and entrenched in their views, never coming together for the common good of everyone. It's time we reach across all lines of demographics, whether it be age, race, sexual orientation, religion, or country of origin, and connect to someone else's struggle. See their pain in their eyes, hear them as human beings, and maybe together we can overcome some of these struggles that we face as a country and as people of the world.